0: Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah.
1: Hey everybody, welcome once again to That's How I Roll. I'm your host, Jeremiah Isley, and this is episode 52 a Gen Con Highlights Episode Part 2, or Gen Con Part 2, or uh, something like that. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in. Glad you could join us. Hopefully I got this one done in time, and this is the second episode in this same week. I'm trying to catch up on all the Gen Con goodness, and I wanted to do a series of episodes where I highlight a game that was featured or released or handed to me while at Gen Con. So stay tuned for a few more of these episodes coming up in the next uh, week or two to follow. So let's take a real quick look at today's roadmap. We are going to talk about what's good in the neighborhood. I have some news there to share with you mostly about my personal life and (laughs) things progressing with us getting back into our house, hopefully sooner versus later. I'm going to do a drive-by review today, and this is the Gen Con highlight portion of the show where I'll be doing a drive-by review of Custom Heroes, and we're going to take a stop by the corner of Thought and Conversation, and I've got two legit questions for you there. Let's go ahead and swing by and see what is good in the neighborhood. Well, like I said previously in other episodes, yes, if you've been following along, you know all about the Isley House fire and the process that it's been since June 24th, just a week after Origins, which is 10 weeks now, I want to say, something like that. It's been about two and a half months of us being displaced. We were living with family for a few days and then we did about 10 days in a maybe nine days in a hotel (laughs) and then we have since been living in a rental house and funny thing is is when the fire happened and we had to find a place to live and all of that uh, they sent in dry cleaners to take care of all of our clothing and Determine what clothes could be saved, what clothes couldn't be saved, all that fun stuff, which was not fun at all. But they said, hey, take, eh, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten days worth of clothing, and we'll get those back to you right away. And that's the stuff that you'll be living with. So we have been living basically out of uh, just about, each of us, out of about a suitcase worth of clothes. And I joked when I went to Gen Con that I pretty much just took all my clothes. I had to tell my wife, look, I'm not leaving you. I just have to take all of my clothes with me because that's all I've got. Um, But here in Ohio, uh, the weather has turned and we are experiencing 60 degree weather and not 90 degree weather. So we've had nothing but shorts and t-shirts these last 10 weeks, and now weather's turning, so I went out and bought a couple pairs of jeans, but today the clothes are coming back. As of the day that I'm recording this, which is Friday, September 8th, (laughs) uh, we're getting our clothes back. They've cleaned all of the clothes that can be cleaned, and we're going to get a list of the things that weren't cleaned, things like that. So, uh, excited for that. It's coming later this afternoon and that will be another step in the process that, that'll that be complete and we're very, very excited about that. So that's kind of the big news of the day. We're also in the process where we can start picking paint colors. So one of the things that they have to do when your house has a fire in it and is filled with smoke is they have to clean and seal and repaint all of your walls and ceilings and all of that. So we had just recently painted because we just moved in last year, but uh, we're reevaluating the color schemes that we picked and things like that. So we are in the process of doing that as well, picking out carpet for the basement, stuff like that. So um, it's, it's a lot of work that we have to kind of go through all of this stuff and there's, there's more and more that I'm not gonna bore you with at this time. Uh, but it's exciting because we're, we're making decisions now on, on things that are going to finish the house, things that are going to get us that's one step closer. I feel like we've kind of rounded the corner, come over the hill, it's all all coming back together. they are starting to put drywall back in and things like that so they're rebuilding instead of cleaning and tearing out and, and that kind of thing. It's very exciting and hopefully within the next two maybe three weeks we'll be able to start moving back into our home and replacing furniture and things like that. So that is what's good in the neighborhood. Sorry about the long-winded tales of (laughs) us getting clothes back, but uh, just wanted to share that because we're excited and that's, uh, that's a good thing. But I think it's time we take a look at Custom Heroes.
0: Whoa! Hey everyone, look! It's time for another drive by review.
1: So, yeah, Custom Heroes is a 2 to 6 player game. It there's a little variant in the rules for playing a 2 player game. It plays better with 3 and up. Honestly in my opinion and I'll share this later, but I think the more players the better and I'll tell you why. It plays in about 45 minutes. It says ages 14 and up on the box, but I played it with my nine-year-old and he loved it. So take that for what it's worth. I know those ages on the boxes, there's certain laws and things they have to worry about because of advertising to children and things like that. So I take those with grain of salt and I play games that I think my kids are going to be able to play. And anyway, so that's, that's all that is. Basically, what... Custom Heroes is, is a ladder trick-taking game. Meaning that there are cards in it that are just numbered it's just 1 through 10 and you put a set of 10 cards in for each player playing so there's a total of 60 cards if you have six players playing you just put all the cards in and there's no suits there's no nothing it's just 1 through 10 all these cards are sleeved which the first time you play you're going to have to sleeve them all which you know if you can sleeve 60 cards no big deal takes about five minutes. There's also a pouch full of inserts that are clear. They're like overlays. So think Mystic Veil. Uh, it's it's card crafting in that you overlay these inserts into these sleeves as you're playing the game. And then there's also just a pile of victory point tokens and power tokens. So as you play the game, whoever's leading that, that trick can lead with a single card, or a set of any number of cards. So if they have six cards that all match, they can play them down, and then the next player has to match the number of cards, but either match or beat the power. So if it's a set of two twos, the next player has to play at least two twos or two threes, or they can go as high as they want, whatever they want to do. If they match the power, the person to the left of them gets skipped. So there's a little bit of... uh, Strategy to that. Sometimes you want to skip that person because they're going to go out or or whatnot. The goal of the hand is to get rid of all your cards. First person to get rid of all your cards wins that hand. Then everybody continues to play so that you can figure out uh, placement. So first, second, third, fourth, fifth, etc. There's a chart on a little player screen. Everybody has a player screen that they kind of keep their inserts and stuff hidden behind. And you deal out victory points, power tokens, and inserts depending on the place that you finish. So if you finish in first, you're going to get a lot of victory points. You'll get no, in most cases, no uh, power tokens and maybe like one insert. If you are finishing in last place, you're actually going to lose victory points, but you'll gain some you'll gain the most power tokens and the most inserts as sort of a catch-up, evening-out mechanism, which works really well. The the game balances very well. But here's the cool thing about it. These inserts come into play at any time. So if you're looking at, uh, oh, so-and-so just threw down three tens. Well, I have a ten and an eight and a five. Well, if I have inserts that will increase the power of that eight and that five up to 10, I can put those in and play them and boom, all of a sudden I have three tens as well. So all of those inserts, they do crazy things. There's anything from just making a card a different number flat out and covering up the old number. They add anything from one to, I think eight is the highest one that I saw. There's just a lot of stuff that that those cards do. There's also special powers that they do, like they reverse the the order. So instead of trying to play higher than the cards out there, you're trying to play lower than the cards out there. Uh, so they're they're super powerful. I haven't seen all of them. There's a huge stack of them that goes in this pouch. The cool thing is, is once you play those and you get through that hand, you take all the cards that have been played, which is all of them, cause they all get dealt out at the beginning of every hand. They all get mixed up. So you're messing with all these cards and you're creating super powerful cards or you're creating cards that have been weakened because the cool thing is, is the cards that add things are like, there's, there's a character on the card and sometimes it puts like a sweet sword in their hand. And so that gives them more power. And sometimes it gives them like a pink fluffy bunny puppet which gives them less power. So all these cards have been messed up and then they all get shuffled up and re-dealt out. So there's more powerful cards. It's it gets way way harder to kind of count cards and remember what's been messed with and what has more power, what's less, which is makes it just a lot of fun. I should say you can only put up to 4 inserts in each card. So there's there's a little a set of icons on the bottom they're just little dots and each insert has that a corresponding dot for the type of of insert that it is so if you're trying to put a card an insert in an enhancement to a card and that color dot and that spot is already filled you can't do it but otherwise you can put in four up to four enhancements <laughs> into a card and just make it completely bonkers which is again It's so fun. So you win by either having 10 victory points at some point, if you have 10 victory points, and then come in first during a hand. So if you you win a hand and it puts you over 10 victory points, that next hand, if you win and come in first, then you win the game. Otherwise, you play out to six rounds and then whoever has the most victory points at that point wins the game. And that's it. It's it's a ladder trick-taking game, but the cards change and you have the ability to change them throughout the game. And I, I taught you the game in that. Just It's a ladder trick-taking game. You can create different cards and you try to get ten points and then win a hand. So what did I think of the game? I thought it was easy to learn it was fun it's a great twist on ladder trick taking games because i i love trick taking games but there are some games you know like euchre or hearts or whatever you count the cards like if you you know the card the game well enough you're like oh i'm going to win this hand because you just know with this there's no knowing that it keeps you involved it keeps you engaged there's ways that you can continue to mitigate what's going on in the game and try to play better cards, try to make better cards. Think about that. You can make better cards during a trick-taking game. How cool is that? It's, it's just a sweet spot of kids love it. I, I, like I said, I played it with my 9-year-old and my 11-year-old. We had a blast. Like They still talk about it a lot and they still love playing it. I've played it with gamers. I've played it with family. It works across just about any any demographic of people that you want to sit down with. Maybe thematically, people wouldn't enjoy. Some people wouldn't enjoy it as much as others. But um, it's it's a very anime. It's one of the big in Japan series from AEG. So you know, maybe that's something that people. Eh, I'm not really into anime. But regardless of theme. The game is fun. Everybody gets trick-taking games. I'd say most people get trick-taking games because of euchre and hearts and spades and whatever else is out there. So it's easy to teach because the concept, oh, I'm trying to win this trick. Great, all right, got it, let's go. The cleanup and setup are, the setup is actually a little longer than the cleanup, just because you have to like sort through and make sure you have the right amount of cards and all the cards and all the sets. For the amount of players that are there. Cleanup is super easy. All you do is you just take all the cards, pull all the inserts out and stuff them back in the pouch and stack up the cards and put them in the box. So it, it's easy to clean up. It's easy to set up. So again, all in all, I it's a great game. It's fun. And it eliminates some of the things that make trick-taking games programmed. Like I said, you can create better cards. You There's no... There is, I mean, you could, if you were super paying attention, like, oh, I know what cards are coming out. I know what's out there. I know this card got changed to this and that. But the thing is, that card could get changed again. So you just, there's no predictability in it, which I think is great because I think games like Euchre get incredibly boring because no matter how well you play some hands, There's just mathematically no way that you're going to win a hand or a trick or whatever because of the the confines of the cards that are in the game. So, Custom Heroes, I I really enjoy it. It's definitely earned a permanent spot in my collection. So, so glad that I was able to get a copy of it. Thanks to AEG for sending one out to me. I got to play this with Todd Rowland of... AEG while at Gen Con and we had a blast with it and great conversation and uh just uh, well done fun fun game can't recommend it enough
0: welcome to the corner of thought and conversation which way will you turn why not hang a right and join in on the conversation by tweeting at Theology of Games or sending an email to Theology of games at gmail.com?
1: All right, well, I hope you do join in on today's topics for thought and conversation. Again, I have two legit questions one is a gaming question, and one is a life question, because this is the podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. So I wanted to ask you folks, I mentioned Euchre a little bit during that drive-by review in Ohio. Euchre is like the biggest trick taking game around. I I know so many people that have Euchre nights and Euchre tournaments. And, and then I'll, I'll travel somewhere outside of Ohio and I'll say something about Euchre and people will be like, what's Euchre? Uh, (laughs) So people just don't get it. They don't know what it is. Maybe they've heard of it. So it's definitely a regional thing, mostly in Ohio. I I think maybe a little bit in this area. Other folks, you know, Michigan, Pennsylvania kind of know what it is and play it. So I wanted to ask you folks, I know I have listeners across the country and across the world. What what regional trick taking games or even just card games or whatever are are big in your area that maybe aren't so big out here? I'd love to hear what those games are, and uh, so just shout out with that. I'd, I'd love to take a look. Maybe there's an app on iOS or you know a mobile app that you could send a link to that hey, this is a big trick-taking game and somebody made an app for it, you can check it out here. That would be perfect because I'd love to just kind of check it out and see what's going on out there. So always looking for new games, even if it's just a just a card game. Uh, so send those out. That'd be super, super awesome. And my question about life, it's, it's such an easy, goofy question, but what is your favorite comfort clothing article? So like I said, fall is quickly coming upon us here in Ohio and my clothes are just sh- are about to show up. I actually just got a call that I think is probably the clothing people, but I'm recording, so I'll have to call them back. Um, but <laughs> for me, there's this, <laughs> there's this awesome, I don't, I think it might've gotten thrown away. I, I, I'm going to be mad if it is, but there's this Kent State sweatshirt that used to belong to my wife and before her used to belong to one of her exes, but I confiscated it nearly 20 years ago when we started dating and it's just super comfortable and <laughs> in a weird way it reminds me of my wife <laughs> and uh, how I, I won and that bozo didn't get the girl <laughs> and I can't believe I'm saying all of this but um but it's just this big floppy like completely worn down sweatshirt that I just like to wear uh, mostly I'll just wear it like on a at night if I'm getting ready for bed and just bumming around the house uh so that's <laughs> that's my comfort piece of clothing hopefully it survived i don't know where it i I haven't seen it in a little while now but that's because it's summer and i don't know where all my stuff is but anyway so what is that piece of clothing for you and uh so yeah sound off let me know you can always like i always say you can always write at uh, theology of games on twitter or theology of games at gmail.com and answer those questions so super cool All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. I don't have a feedback loop for today's segment. Hopefully next week we'll have that one coming back. I would love to hear your thoughts, your ideas, your trick taking games in your region, your comfort clothing. And if you just have questions about anything in general, uh, just shoot them out my way. If you want me to review a game here on the show, let me know. And I'll do my best to play it if I haven't already. And then I will be sure to review it here on the show. Also, remember to keep checking out Instagram at Theology of Games. I'll be continuing to post photos of games that came from Gen Con that were featured uh, there at the show or released or previewed or whatever it was. Uh, I've got a lot. I brought home, like I said, 50 plus titles and I will be sure to continue to share those with you. I posted a couple pictures a day or two ago of the Godfather game. Whoa, that's probably going to be part three of Gen Con highlights in that review because that game is awesome. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can always find everything you need to know about Theology of Games by going to TheologyofGames.com. You can find our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook, which are all at TheologyofGames or .com slash TheologyofGames. So you can always reach us that way. We love it when folks tweet and retweet and find us. And always, always, I will ask and plead with you to head over to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever it is that you listen to the show and give us a rating, a review. That is just so helpful on getting us more visibility. If you really like the show, please subscribe and please share it with your friends and loved ones. That also is very, very appreciated. And with that, I'm going to sign off. Thanks again so much for listening. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and yes, that's how I roll.
0: Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.